Welcome and thank you for joining me on this new episode of So Am I Latin American Music? In this opportunity, we will travel back to the north of Argentina, and at the same time, we will explore the link with Peru and its music. So, for the beginning of this episode, we will be listening to an amazing guitar player from Jujuy, which is another province in the north of Argentina. Besides being a great guitar player, he also knows a lot about music in the north region, but also about music in Bolivia and Peru. He will be sharing with us the richness in these regions. le dije nada pero qué lindo si de feliz le daba mi copla al viento Para comenzar, creo que um, soy un poco reservado o reacio, digamos, a usar etiquetas para definir la música. Eh, asocio más esto a etiquetar la música con el, al ámbito comercial, del mercado. Gustavo starts saying that he's a little reticent to use labels to define the music. And for him, using labels is more associated to the market. And he feels that his personal views were always in some other field. And he says, it doesn't mean that we have to reject the market, but we, the artists, should seek our subsistence through the art that we produce. It is a commitment with art. I try to go away from the market rules that many times goes against the convictions of the artists. These market rules define the aesthetics and the taste of people. I relate art with life's flow. The music is the language that helps me to resonate with life. I weigh my positioning as a living being, a political actor, and tightly linked to the regional, to my place of origin. As a living being, I am part of a community. I am part of a society with its own political, ethnic, cultural characteristics 
determined by the region of America. By accepting myself in this way, is that I was able to discover the true meaning of the music that flows through me. My personal seeking path goes through sonorities, melodies, expressions that are related with a strong community and regional feeling, with what I perceive on society, and in this way, I create music. On it converge sounds heard in my society within the regional music as other types of emergent music in the popular field. sociedades, hablo de las sociedades de acá de América del Sur y con historias similares, digamos. Tuvimos conquistas, hubo pueblos originarios, hay pueblos, sociedades, comunidades originarias, eh, ha habido historias de lucha, de resistencia, historias similares de todos los pueblos de estos lares, digamos. La música que encontrado entonces, obviamente, tendrán similitudes. Sobre todo en la música popular más regional, yo la hallo muchos, muchas similitudes. Por ejemplo, en Yendo a lo Andino. Cuando eh, habla sobre las relaciones durante las músicas en South America, dice que las sociedades sudamericanas tienen similares historias. Hay nativas comunidades, historia de conquista, batallas, resistencia that are similar throughout all the communities. Therefore, the music that we find has its similarities as well. If we look into the Andina music, in the wide spectrum of possibilities, there are microtonal and pentaphonic structures possible to be heard here in Tilcara, Jujuy, with the sicuris and certain festivities. This is very similar, not the same, but similar to what we can find as a regular practice in the Andes region of Bolivia and Peru, and further north too. We can find strong similarities between a chacarera and a festejo peruano, given the strong influences of the African culture in the entire American continent. This is found on the rhythmic elements, Other important resemblance is the use of music as part of rituals. (laughs) 
It also has a community significance. Here in Tilcara, almost the 70% of the people attending a religious ceremony is involved performing wind instrument or percussive instruments, even though they might not consider themselves as musicians. Looking at the wind performers from the different parts of Jujuy province, he says, a person playing the kena expressed the music in different ways. Their phrases are different if that person is from Umaguaca, Tilcara, or Maimara. And talking about huayno, this is a genre that is performed different in Bolivia, Peru, or the north of Argentina. En Perú, en Ayacucho. Eh, esto hace una vertiente inagotable de recursos y pos posibilidades al músico actual. Talking about one of the instruments that we can find in all the region and all kinds of folklore, he says that an instrument like the guitar is used differently in Bolivia or Perú. Each community gave a distinct flavor to it. Some of them went to the point of systematizing the ways of playing, creating schools like the Ayacuchana in Peru. This gives an inexhaustible source of possibilities to the musicians nowadays. The music from Peru puts the emphasis on the rhythm with its roots in African music, where in Argentina, in a broad and general sense, the focus is on the harmonic complexities. In Peru and Bolivia, the rhythmic importance is linked to the idea of flavor. It has to be tasty, similar with what happens in Cuba or the idea of swing in jazz. This is what I liked from the Peruvian music, the emphasis on the rhythmic.
The music from Peru has a strong influence in the music in Argentina. Not only because of the afro, but in the sound of it. There's a typical music called cumbia. It is originally from Colombia, but in the tropical jungles of Peru, it acquired other characteristics, becoming cumbia amazonica, cumbia chicha. The first cumbia musicians came from the waltz, and the electric guitar was also introduced. There is a specific way to play cumbia on the guitar. To me, it comes from the harp and the charango. On the first cumbias amazonicas, the use of pentaphonic scale can be noticed. This type of cumbia went to Bolivia where more electric instruments were added from there to Jujuy, and from here went to Buenos Aires. In this way, it started to become more frequent as a commercial kind of music, where it's possible to hear the sounds from the cumbia amazonica even nowadays. For example, Damas Gratis plays La Danza de los Mirlos. Among the guitarists, we say that this song is not to be performed with pick, but with fingerstyle. concept of folklore in a more restricted way. He says, I don't think there's a strong influence from Peru, but there are musicians that brought the music and the Peruvian feeling to Argentina, like Lucho González, an amazing guitar player that accompanied Chabuca Granda. And because of his performance with other musicians in Argentina, we can see some kind of legacy from Peru as well. Now, we will move on into what Micaela Chauke has to share with us. 
She's an amazing musician. She's a composer, singer. She plays wind instruments like kena and sikus. She says that folklore is part of the popular music. It is based on a traditional origin related to the place where it is being created and performed. It reflects a cultural history, a landscape. These qualities gain a new dimension when they are renewed in newer pieces. El significado es es muy importante porque engloba, digamos, una gran gran variedad. She continues sharing that folklore encompasses a great variety of musics. Among these musics, we can find the traditional music, the music from certain regions like Andina, Litoral, and others. Therefore, the folklore embraces all these diverse musics. Las características más distintivas de la música andina es justamente esta referencia que se hace en reflejo a la cultura a la que representa. Explaining the features of the música andina or andina music, she says, the most relevant features of the andina music is related to the aspects of the culture that it represents. This music represents the cultural region of the central Andes with its influences and expansions. We know that there is Andina music with the feeling of belonging in Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and also in the north of Argentina and Chile. It's in these regions that music with kenas and sikus has been traditionally performed since immemorial times. Going further on the features of this kind of music, she says, first, this music represents any of these cultural regions, and hence, there can be a wide variety of sikus and kenas, being these two the main wind instruments. At the same time, this music is based on a tradition given that it has been performed throughout a long period of time. And it's a kind of music that is still alive and it is contemporary. In Argentina, as well as other regions, it is being included as part of the folkloric music. Reason why I can frame it under that same category, even though we know for a fact that Andina music has its own identity. That's why I think that this music has all the elements to be considered as a genre on itself. Bueno, entonces, en este sentido, el camino de la música andina está como en un reflote, en un renacer, ¿no? Eso lo hacemos nosotros, todos los jóvenes que trabajamos en la difusión y en la eh, interpretación de, de la música, sea instrumental o cantada. Eh, and discussing how this kind of music 
is continued nowadays. She says that Andina music is going through a process of rebirth. This is because of the young artists that keep performing and spreading this music as instrumental or vocal music. One of the latest milestones after Uña Ramos was the prize that I won for Best Folkloric Album. This was with my album Hayaya, and it received the Gardot Prize, which is one of the prizes given by the phonographic industry. Even though we did it as independent producers, the industry did recognize us as part of the folkloric world but we know that it is more representative of the Andina music. referentes y compositores y también este, intérpretes de música andina anteriores que han este, ayudado mucho a definir esto, ¿no? a, por ahí a influenciar a nosotros lo que después continuamos con este estilo. Entre ellos puedo mencionar a los carcas. And thinking about references in this kind of music, she says, there has been influential people and composers of andina music that have helped to define this music to the point of influencing us. I could mention Los Jarcas, Uña Ramos, an actual composer starting to reappear is Raúl Olarte. Also, some Chilean bands like Inti Iimani, Hilapayun, Iyapu, among the most renowned ones. And from Peru, I can mention Alborada being bands that have transcended the borders of their countries and reaching us.
As you already know, I like to work with a few texts on each podcast. But this time, I have the great pleasure of having the actual author of the book Identity Discourses in the Folk Music from Salta. She will be sharing with us some of her own thoughts. So let's all enjoy the words from Irene López. es una relación muy compleja la que se da entre por un lado la música popular, la canción popular y las identidades, más bien yo diría que se trata más que de una definición de un rol importante, crucial que cumple la música popular y la canción popular en la construcción de identidades eh, realmente el, el tema es muy interesante so question, popular song or the songs define the identity, she says, it is a complex relation between the identities and the popular songs. I would say that both popular song and popular culture have an important role in the construction of identities. This is a very interesting and profound subject to talk about, but I'd like to talk in a concise manner about the concept of identity and its revisions throughout the last decades. In general, there was a tendency to think of identity as an essence, the identical, something that remains unchanged and that defines us, individually or collectively. This generalized conception of identity has went through a series of reformulations. This led to taking consideration that identity is not an unalterable essence, but something that is built as the result of complex processes, open to alterations and changes, involving multiple dimensions. To name a few, the dimensions of praxis, experiences, and a discourse dimension. Acknowledged this, we can think about the other complex relation between popular songs and identities. If the identities aren't a pre-existent essence of the individual and its relations with others, therefore, there are not identities that define popular songs or popular songs that clearly define identities. On the contrary, a complex articulation involving multiple dimensions. Therefore, we can come to understand that popular song, and even music in general, has a fundamental role in the process of creating identities. This can be thought in terms of the individual or the collective, like nations, generations, etc. Given that music, and more specifically popular song, provides the elements for the configuration of identity. This is not only related to the music, 
lyrics or the songs and their messages, but also with the performances, the dances, the way in which it's being spread, the ways in which each individual and group make of these songs their own, and the meaning they give to them. Of course, this isn't univocal. Each person, each generation appropriates in a particular way and gives a particular meaning to each song or songs. On the same line of thought, I follow a critic and musicologist named Simon Frith. He talks with great clarity about this complex involvement of popular music in the creation of identities. To him, the issue is not how a particular piece of music reflects the people, but how this music creates and builds the experience. In his own words, he says, the argument presented here is supported by two premises. First, that identity is mobile. It is a process rather than an object, a becoming rather than a being. Second, the best way to understand our experience of the music, the music composition and the listening of music is to consider it as an experience of the self being under construction. He finally states, the music is powerful on its capacity to raise questions because it works with intense emotional experiences. This allows a particular appropriation for personal use. And Irene comments about this. This has an important role on the construction of subjectivities. This becomes clear when we do a revision of our own biographies and think about those songs that are part of our memories, that define us, and with that one that we identify ourselves. Creo que no se puede trazar una clara distinción entre cultura popular y folclore. Aunque sí se pueden señalar algunas cuestiones comunes, creo que son... Discussing the relationship differences or similarities between popular culture and folklore, Irene Lopez says, I think it is not possible to mark a clear distinction between popular culture and folklore, but it is possible to point out certain common aspects. In certain ways, they define places of power from where it is stated what is popular and what is folklore. In this sense, they are modes of designating culture productions and zones of consumption. In this way, they mark a distinction with what can be named as culture without adjectives. It is also relevant to say that they are concepts that emerge in a parallel manner. It's worth saying that the conception of folklore has a romantic conception given the context from where it emerges. It makes allusion to the knowledge of the people. But in this sense, we should raise the question, what does mean people or not people? People is everything or 
what is being signaled as part of the people and what doesn't belong to it. She continues by citing this British theorist on culture studies, Stuart Hall, and he says, The structuring principle of the popular is defined by the tensions and oppositions between what belongs to the elite's culture and the culture of the periphery. It is this opposition that constantly structures what dominates in the popular and non-popular cultures. From time to time, the content on each category shifts. Therefore, this structuring principle doesn't consist of the content on each category. More accurately, consists on the forces and relations that sustain the differentiation. This differentiation can be expressed as what implies the cultural activity of the elite and what is not considered as such. Thank you so much for joining me again on this new episode of the podcast. Please leave me your comments on my personal website, my personal Facebook, or through Anchor. I will be leaving all the details on the descriptions of this episode.